This is Rio of Madison Rising, and you're listening to our acoustic version of the Star Spangled Banner here on KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes in bright stars through the perilous fight o'er oh, the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red
You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord. Right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. Welcome to God's Pure Word of Faith. I'm Richard Harden, and again I want to thank the Lord and the management of KLRN Radio for this great opportunity to share God's Word with you today. Today I'm going to be sharing a very special message with you very important message. Uh, God's words are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now, I sure pray that you receive these words today of, that I'm bringing to you from the scriptures and everything because that's uh, true. His words are, you know, health and life to us. Jesus says that. His words are spirit and their life. Now, I want to ask you today, what offerings or gifts will you have that you've sent ahead to present to Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ? Your acts of service or things like this. Now, as it comes your turn to enter that throne room and you're presented before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and the man Jesus exalted the fullness of the Godhead body and you must stand alone there with him, what will you have to offer him in service that you've done here on earth besides just receiving him into your heart now uh, God has given judgment to Jesus John 5:22. the father judges no man but has committed all judgment to the son but then Jesus has passed judgment or given judgment over to Christ the living word 
in John chapter 12, verse 47, 48, Jesus says, And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me, and receiveth not my words, has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. That's uh, Lord Jesus Christ, you know, the living word of God, Christ. Now, on the living word of God, Christ, was on the white horse of Revelation 19.13. Look up that story and read it. First Revelation 19.13, the last book in the Bible. says, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And a name, his name is called the Word of God. Christ, the Word of God, will be our judge as Jesus sits on the throne. Now, there won't be any denominational representative there to support you. There won't be any um, way that you can, you know, make an excuse like, uh, well, this is what the NIV said, or this is what the King James Version said, or brother so-and-so, or anybody else, your mom and dad, or whatever. Only the records of you and your choices to obey or reject the living word, to serve or not the living word, only the records of what we have done will be there with each one of us when we stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. So what gifts have you sent ahead? What gifts will they be able to have there present um, to support you in your activity here on earth in serving the Lord? Now, p please be honest with yourself and make some changes now while you have the time, while God has given us the time. Do something to start serving Him. Have you ever prayed with someone to help them pray for their salvation? Have you told anyone about your changed heart, being born again, when you received Christ into your heart and you became a child of God? Have you shared with your wife your testimony, or your husband, your children, your parents, your changed heart experience that is prophesied, you know, by God through Ezekiel and Ezekiel 36:26, where He says, "A new heart also I will give you; a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, give you heart of flesh, and I'll put My Spirit in you." That's when we're born again. We're born in um, of the flesh from our mothers and dads here on earth. But now we're born again by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Have you shared that with anyone? Do you know for sure that your husband, wife, and children have, have received the changed heart, the changed life? You, if you don't understand the changed heart experience that I just explained, you need to, and you probably are not a Christian if you don't understand, because when Christ comes in, the creator of the universe comes in and creates in you the new heart, the new life, and changes you, you'll know it, because see, you ask him to do that. That's the only way he'll come in, is for you to see yourself as a sinner and turn to him and say, Lord, please forgive me my sins. Come into my heart. And when he does, and he takes all that hate and lust and, and you know, jealousy and envy and strife and everything out of your heart and cleans up your heart, gives you a new heart, puts his spirit of love in you, that's going to be such a great change like night or day inside your heart. Now, you may not be able to remember what you did at age 5 years old, 7 years old, 10 years old, but make sure that you receive the changed heart and that you didn't just go forward 
it because your mom or dad or somebody asked you to and you wanted to just be an obedient child. Make sure that you receive the Spirit of Christ in your heart. Because, see, it's going to be too late. And he's going to say to many people, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Because, see, they, they've done all these good works and everything. Even like Cornelius in the Acts chapter 10. He was such a good man. Prayed always. Gave alms. But God sent an angel to him to tell him, Go send after Peter. He'll come tell you what you need to do. As good as Cornelius was, so well respected him and his family and community, one of the best people that you could, you know, have lived with as a neighbor or something. But he was missing something. He was missing receiving Christ in his heart, the living God, Christ, in his heart. And you might be too, and just think that you're a Christian. I thought 20-something years I was a Christian because I answered the preacher's questions right, and my aunt told me what he was going to ask and told me what to say and answer, and I got baptized and everything, I thought I was a Christian. But all I had done was just join the church. I didn't, nine years old, know what it, you know, like sin. I didn't recognize sin between me and God. But I believe the adults did what they said, but that didn't make me a Christian. But don't worry about it, though. It only takes a simple, sincere prayer to God, asking forgiveness of your sins, and Lord, please forgive me. Come into my heart, and I commit my life to you. Please come in and create in me the new heart, a new life, in a way that I'll know it's you, and not just my imagination or something. And I'll be right back to continue after I give you a little information on my website, so you can go there and check out some books, videos, and other things. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Welcome back. Now, the question is, what shall I bring home to God? Or what shall I send ahead that will be there with me? You know, we can send a lot of things ahead. When we give to the poor, we're lending to the Lord. It says in Revelations that our prayers are, are waiting before the altar of God as a sweet aroma of incense and everything to God, our prayers. And, and there's other things. When we help other people like that, we're sending ahead, uh, you know, gifts to the Lord for, you know, what he's done for us. Now, what thanks or gifts to Christ? You know, like well, the wise men came and they brought gifts to the baby Jesus and everything. Now, what gifts will go before us? Well, we're all going to have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So, you know, each of us have to, you know, consider that in this lifetime. Psalms 116, verses 12 through 19. Now, this is an Old Testament, but it says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Now, David was concerned about that, too. He said, I'll take the cup of salvation. See, the first thing he thinks about is his salvation. He says, Now, call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Now, what vows have we made? When we, you know, ask him to forgive us our sins, invite him to come in our heart, we're, you know, committing our life to him, our life, our service, our daily activity and stuff like that. We're 
committing ourselves to God, to Christ in us. And he goes on to say in verse 15, Precious and sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. None of us leave here by accident. Jesus is going to be with us every breath of the way. Now, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thy handmaid. Now see, this is different under our covenant with God. As, as Christians, as children of God, with his spirit in us, we're not just his servant. We're serving him because we love him. At least I hope everybody is. But we're not his servant, even though we're serving him. We are his children. In uh, Galatians 4, 6, it says, And because your sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then heir of God through Christ, a joint heir with Jesus, a child of God. We're no longer a servant like they were in the Old Testament, but we're ch his children now. And to be obedient children, we'll be serving him and doing things that please him. Okay. Precious sight of Lord, dead of the saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and son of thy handmaid. We are his children now. Thou hast loosed my bonds. See, he set us free. He set us free of the clutches of the devil and set us free of that uh, lake of fire and separation of our heart from him. He, when he comes into our heart, we're no longer separated in sin from him. Okay, he says, I will offer thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. See, sometimes even when you don't feel like it, still count your blessings and offer him a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. That was the psalmist there. Psalms 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Our enemy was Satan. And our enemy was our separation of our heart from God that we're born with. And, and Satan does everything he can to try to keep us from recognizing God's love. And, and even it, Apostle Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 and 11, that the devil deceives people so much that even when the love of God is manifest to them, that they reject it because of the devil's you know, deceitfulness and everything. And that's what we've got to overcome. He is our enemy. It says that, you know, the people die and go to hell because of rejecting the love of the message or the love of the gospel, the love of the Spirit of Christ, when it is revealed to them. Second Thessalonians 2, 10 and 11. Now, Ezekiel 36, 26, again, as I shared before, for each of us, this is a prophecy of the new covenant, changing from the old to the new. A new heart also will I give you. He'll give you a new heart, me a new heart, when we turn to him and ask forgiveness of sin. A new spirit will I put within you. He'll put his spirit in us. And I'll take away the stony heart out of flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you. See, that's when we're adopted into his family. We're born again. We're born into the family of God. And like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we're baptized, cleansed by the spirit, baptized into the body of Christ. He says, I put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. Being born again the family of God by the spoken living word, Christ in us. Proverbs 11.30. Now, this is one of the best scriptures to remember 
well they're also good anyway this is a good one Proverbs 1130 says the fruit of the righteous now that's us we're righteous righteousness is accepting God's word to faith and obedience and uh, it's we're saved by grace through faith see we accept God's word that we're a sinner we accept that Jesus is the answer and we accept that we need to humble ourselves and turn to him and then all we have to do is just with a sincere prayer from our heart say Lord please forgive me come into my heart see that's by faith now his response then is that when we do that he sends his spirit to live in our heart to creating us a new heart and life and that's what we call grace the work of his spirit in our heart so we're saved by that work of his spirit in our heart but only after we have honestly invited him to come in and forgive us of our sins and to come into our heart see he won't force his way in so by grace are you saved through faith so here the fruit of the righteous us Christians children of God his children sons the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life that's the trees of life people we're going to be sharing with people are going to be encouraging people are going to be praying with and helping them to receive the same love that we've received from God we're going to be helping them to receive that love loving our neighbors as ourselves, trying to encourage them to the fruit of the righteous tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise if you want to seek wisdom Start searching through the scriptures in your Bible studies on how to be a better witness, how to, you know, down to service station, how to be a better witness when you meet them in the grocery store, wherever you meet people, in the hospitals or whatever you're visiting thing. Search the scriptures to become a better witness to allow the Lord to teach you and help you learn to speak to other people to testify to them. In Revelation 12, 11 it says, And they overcame them, speaking of the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. See, our testimony is so important. You need to know how to share with people and, and get conversations turned like that. You know, to ask them, are they a child of God? Have they received Christ in their heart? And do it with confidence. 1 Corinthians 1 24 says, Christ, the living word, is the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, so the wisdom is Christ in us, and He certainly wants to speak through us to other people. Now, we all have a special holy calling. Second Timothy 1, 9-10 says, Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. See, he's, he's put his spirit in us. Death is a separation of our hearts from God, which is also sin. Sin and death. You know, like that. It's a separation of our hearts. See, he's abolished it. Because when he comes into our heart, he will never leave us. It goes on to say, and he has brought life to us. See, his words are spirit and they are life. And it says, and immortality to light through the gospel. Immortality. Um, Jesus' words are spirit and life. And he gives us eternal life. From the time he comes in, we are eternally his. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ in us. And he says he will not lose any of us. Once Christ comes in our heart, we have immortality. I will never die. Now, my physical body will fall off, but I'm going to continue right now on. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But we, or but ye, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now, that means every, wherever you go today, whoever you meet, you're the priest of that person. Because they're in your world. They're in your 
you know, surroundings and everything like that. And, and you are the minister, the priest in your world. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are to carry that light, the light on the hill today, to everybody you meet. You are the priest. You need to know how to encourage them and pray with them and share with them, help bring them you know, in reconciliation with God. Now, Second Corinthians 5.15 and he died for all, and they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who died for them. See, we're not supposed to be living unto ourselves, just, you know, spending life playing golf, watching football and all this stuff, and just, you know, the things of the world, just living like this. That That's not living for him. Now, I know you can share maybe the Lord with a couple of people, wherever you go, something like that. But we're supposed to be seeking that holy calling that was created for us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And it's evil if you don't seek that holy calling. Because like in Second, second Chronicles 12, 14, it said, And Rehoboam did evil because he prepared not his heat to, his heart to seek the Lord. And if you don't prepare your heart to seek the Lord, that's evil. That's an evil way that we need to turn from. Because you're failing to get a lot of answers to prayer. You're not living the life God wants you to. You can't by accident. He goes and say, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, you know, to share with others, to help others be reconciled to God. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespass against him, and hath committed unto us, you and me, the words of reconciliation to share with others. Now we are ambassadors for Christ. We, whoever you are listening, you and me, we are ambassadors for Christ. We're supposed to be speaking God's pure word. If we add to it, God won't back it up. That's why we need to speak his pure word to people so God will back it up to them and change their heart, creating them the new heart and a new life. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. See, Jesus isn't here anymore to cry out to people, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you know, um, like this. We're the ones allowing him to speak through us now. Uh, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Instead of, you know, Jesus being here and doing it, we're doing it for him. He's doing it through us, through Christ in us. Be ye reconciled to God. And that's a message we're supposed to be taking forth. Now, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, it says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Notice it's saying we. Now, the writer of Hebrews here is talking to Christians. Talking to Christians, if we neglect the grace that God has given us in our heart that is put in us and we've received it, it says later, in vain, that is to no effect, then we're neglecting our salvation. We're neglecting sharing with others. Now listen to this. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken of the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness both with signs, wonders, and divers miracles, the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now the author says if we neglect it. See, 
if, if we aren't sharing with others and we aren't serving the Lord and seeking His holy calling, we're neglecting our salvation. We've received the grace in vain, as the Apostle Paul says. He says he sure didn't receive the grace in vain. He said he labored, you know, for the Lord. Now, we don't have to for our salvation, but we have to to be pleasing and to be the proper type of child with him. Okay, Matthew 25, 14 to 30. I want to share with you this example here. A story. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling a far country who called his servants and delivered them his goods. And one he gave five talents to another two and another one. To every man, according to his ability, straightway he took his journey. When he had the one that received five talents went and traded and made them five other talents. And the man who received two gained two more. But he that received one went and digged the earth and hid his Lord's money. He didn't do anything with it. See? And that's like with our salvation. To just take it and, and just know that you're going to heaven or something like that and do nothing with it. But anyway, after a long time, the Lord of the servants came back. And so he had received five talents, came and brought the five talents, said, Lord, here the five, behold, I have gained five more. And the Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee rule over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He that received two talents came, and the Lord said, Lord, thou deliverest me two talents. Behold, here's two other talents. And the Lord said to him, Well done, our good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll give you, make you rule over more. See, it didn't matter that they had given him more back. It's just what mattered was how they used the gifts that he had given them. Okay. But he that received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee. Thou was a hard man reaping where, it didn't, where you didn't sow, gathering where you hadn't strawed. I was afraid, and I went and hid the talent in the earth. And there thou hast, that is thine. He gave him back the one. The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful or lazy servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest thereto have put my money to the exchangers, you know, for interest. Then my coming I should have received mine own plus a usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him, give it to him which has ten talents, for unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But for him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. Now, cast the unprofitable servant, now notice it says unprofitable servant, we aren't servants now, into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So instead of us being cast out for doing that, that's an Old Testament relationship. We are children of God. We're not servants of God. We're children of God, like Galatians 4, 6 says. And because your sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore you no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then heir of God through Christ. But now, we'll have to answer to judgment seat of Christ, though, for our works, or our lack of works, like this servant was cast out up here. As children of God, we won't be cast out. But the evil works that we do will be there waiting on us. Now, any work is evil and a work of iniquity that is not done for Christ. So if you have not served him, if you've not you know, been seeking God's will for your life, his holy calling, and, and you know, encouraging your family and praying with them and leading them right, you men and everything, you know, like that, those are going to be works of iniquity. Whatever else you do, instead of doing those things, I don't care how good they are, 
even like Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, all his praying and giving alms and everything, God told him, go send after Peter and he'll come tell you what you need to do. And he needed Christ in his heart. That's what he needed. All his good works didn't count. They were works of iniquity without Christ in their heart. And whatever you're doing outside of serving the Lord and seeking him for your family, your children, your parents, and you know your neighbors, whatever else you're doing are works of iniquity that you're going to answer for at the judgment seat of Christ. Do you want to meet Jesus on his throne in his holy glory and all this? And Oh, you want to meet him like that with nothing to offer in service? I don't think you do. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You know, we got to, you know, decide what we're going to do here and be prepared. It's not going to just happen by accident. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. According to the grace, that is grace, the work of Christ in his heart, Paul says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds their own. Let every man take heed how he builds their own. That's you and me. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if any man build on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones. You know, that's serving the Lord, doing what he's asked, and it's precious in God's sight. But then, wood, hay, and stubble, those are the works of iniquity. That's done without the Lord. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, fire, the word of God. You know, throughout the scriptures is often um, referred to as fire, the fire of God, something like that. Shall try every man's works of what sort he is. If any man's works abide, which he has built thereon, you know, the precious stones and gold and silver, he shall receive a reward. That's what we hear about from the preachers in our society. Now, there's all these rewards going to get. But now listen to what most people. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved so as by fire. See, up in the Old Testament version, the unprofitable servant was cast out in darkness, a weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, as children of God, we're not cast out like that for not serving and, and, and doing what we're supposed to. But... We're going to answer someone or other. I do not know how we're going to answer, but works of iniquity are everything that are not done for Christ. And at the judgment seat of Christ, standing there all alone, without any works of the gold, silver, and precious stones, is going to be a very bad time. I don't want to do that. And I'll be back in just a couple of minutes. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. Spark. 
visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. Are going to be works of iniquity when you stand before the Lord. Now, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 shows that any of these things done without the Lord is going to cause us to not only just uh, be out of fellowship with him, but to miss answers to prayers and things, and that's going to give the devil advantage in our life. And that's why all across our nation, uh, Christians with unforgiveness are in hospitals, sick and everything, because the devil's brought these curses into them. Those things, those sicknesses aren't, God doesn't put them on people to teach them things. God doesn't give sicknesses to make a person stronger. He makes a person stronger with his love. He makes a person stronger with his blessings and things like this to teach people. Now, Acts chapter, excuse me, 1 John 3, 22 and 23. And whatsoever we ask, and boy, that sounds great, you know, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, the next verse. That we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ. Well, as Christians, if you're listening, we have done that. But there's an and here. And this is his commandment that we believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave his commandment. And if you're holding God's love in your heart, you may have you know salvation, the new heart, a new life, but if you're not allowing his love to pass through you to others, you're not pleasing in his sight. And that's what the word uh, charity is it's been taken out of the scriptures charity the definition of charity is the work of the Spirit of God in a Christian's heart who responds positively in love to allow him to work in and through the Christian to other people it's a joint effort in between us and God charity is that I open my heart and let him work through me and we work together I share you know uh, the words to their head and ears and as I'm sharing to their head and ears the Lord then is speaking to their heart it's a joint effort between God and man and then when you do that when you allow God to work through you to me 
and then you to others and like this it says a perfect bond is a bond of charity because we're each allowing God's love in and through us to others and we're bonded together then with a bond that's tighter than glue anyway but the board's been taken out now and uh, you aren't loving your neighbor if you aren't sharing God's love and message of salvation with them because there's nothing greater that you can share with them so you need to be trying to get every conversation somewhere around to the point that you can share with them about God's love to them and encourage them and help them and even pray with them if you've never prayed with anyone for salvation that should be your goal the fruit of the righteous tree of life he that wins souls is wise that should be your goal from now on is to learn and study through the scriptures and find out and be able to pray with, and especially your family make sure that your family has received Christ in their heart just being good people is not a Christian Cornelius found that out in Acts chapter 10 I'm going to read it to you now there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius a centurion of the band called Italian band a devout man one that feared God with all his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always now see here's a guy without Christ in his heart still praying to God and I remember those 20 something years I was in church I did too <laughs> I, I wonder why I never got any answers back but I did pray he saw a vision Cornelius did evident about the ninth hour of day an angel of God coming to him saying Cornelius and when he looked on him he was afraid and he said what is it Lord and he said unto him thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter he lodged with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside he shall tell thee what thou ought to do in Acts chapter 11 verse 14 then Cornelius told Peter that the angel had told him to send for Peter who shall tell thee words whereby thou and thy house shall be saved see um, he knew why he was sending after Peter because Peter's going to tell him what he needed to do so he was obeying God's word through that angel he accepted God's word that he needed to send after a Jew because Cornelius was a you know a, a Gentile and they didn't associate that much together but he knew it was God and he accepted God's word through the angel to him to faith sent after Peter so he's waiting by faith for Peter to come tell him something well God gave Peter three visions to tell him to go talk to that Gentile and he accepted God's word through the you know the visions and angels and he came talked to Cornelius so they were both walking by faith in doing this Cornelius in waiting and accepting what Peter is going to tell him now when Peter got there what's interesting in, if you read Peter's message it's too long for me to read it here now Acts chapter 10 verses 34 to 43 if you read that message you'll see that Peter only told Cornelius about Jesus he didn't tell him about the end times he didn't tell him about how old the earth is he didn't tell him about you know racial problems between you know uh, Jews and Gentiles he didn't talk about any of these things he told Cornelius about Jesus and while he was speaking before he finished they were receiving everything he told them because they see God had told them that he's gonna come tell you my words what you need to do they were receiving it possibly and they just broke out speaking in tongues you know shouting and screaming and everything like that just like the, the disciples did on the day of Pentecost Peter later told and explained to the other disciples why he had went to tell Cornelius to be saved you know how to be saved 
And he said the same thing happened to them that happened to us the day on Pentecost. So see, that's another verification that the disciples were saved on the day of Pentecost. That's when they received Christ in their heart. Not in John chapter 20, verse 22, where it says he breathed on them. The Greek doesn't say that. The Greek says he breathed in and then spoke to them. But anyway, that's a different message here. But anyway, so see how great Cornelius was, how good he was. Your wife may be that good too and not a Christian. Your husband may be that good and not a Christian. Start sitting down and talking. I'm going to encourage you to get your family together. Uh, your loved one together, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, like that, and listen to the podcast of this message. And each one of you share with each other about your salvation experience. And if you can't have a testimony or share a testimony of a changed heart, changed life, whoever you're listening with, like it, pray right then as a group, whatever it is, pray right then and get that worked out with the Lord to make sure that you've received the changed heart. It's just a simple prayer. Now, just asking forgiveness, inviting Christ to come into your heart and creating you the new heart, a new life. And you say, I want you, Lord, more than anything else. That's what my wife told the Lord when she called out to him and said, God, I want you. I want you more than anything else. And she was in her treatment center. <clears throat> but God heard and answered her. He'll hear and answer you too, wherever you are. Don't wait till you can go to church and you'll do it in front of all this and everything. Do it right now. You may not make it to church, but do it right now and get, get people together and listen to this podcast together and pray together about it. Romans chapter 5 verse 21 says that as sin, now sin is the separation of the heart from God, and that's how we were born as babies here on earth, and then we started growing and God teaching us and everything. As sin hath reigned unto death, see death, separation of the heart from God, even so might grace now, when we receive his spirit into our heart, reign through righteousness. Now righteousness is the acceptance of God's word by faith. And if we accept his word that we're a sinner, that Christ is the answer, and that we need to humble ourselves and turn to him, but then see, when we do that, we receive the work of grace in us. And it says that grace may reign through righteousness. See, our acceptance and obedience to inviting him to come into our heart unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. See, once he comes into our heart, that's eternal life. His Spirit is in us eternally. He says He won't lose any of us. He says He gives us eternal life. At the instant His Spirit comes in us, Romans 8 9 says, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But the instant the Spirit of Christ comes in a person, they have eternal life. For then on, sealed by the Holy Spirit in us, which is Christ in us, our hope of glory, you are a child of God for the rest of eternity then. Now, you might not be a very good one, like we was talking about here. To, you know, the judgment seat of Christ, the throne, there's going to be a lot of people there that haven't sought the Lord. They haven't, you know, served Him like this. But still, your works will be burned away as by fire, and you still will be saved as a child of God. Now, 1 Corinthians 15.10, Paul says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. See, because as he received more of God's Spirit in him, he served him more. God spoke to him, you know, and taught him things and like this. He he allowed the spirit to work in his heart and he shared that love with everybody. Even after they beat him up and left him or stoned him and left him outside of a city for dead one night, the disciples came and stood around him. I'm sure they prayed, but the next morning Paul was up on his way again, teaching and preaching Christ Jesus and him crucified. He said, I am what I am. 
and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain he said you know he didn't neglect you know sharing with others he didn't neglect allowing God to work in and through him to others his salvation the grace in his heart wasn't in vain and that's what he's saying here that we shouldn't just be so glad that we're a Christian you know when the roll is called up yonder I'll be there what you want when the roll is called up yonder you'll be with a bunch of people that you've shared about the Lord and they're there with you you know rejoicing and praising the Lord too because of your testimony to them that's what Paul's saying here he said his grace which was bestowed upon him was not in vain but he said I labored more abundantly than they all yet not I but grace of God which was in me you know and and that's what he was doing allowing God his spirit to work in and through him to others now and that's what each of us are responsible for doing now 2 Corinthians 6 1 we then as workers together you and me as workers together with him beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain now see that's what Paul was encouraging these people in Corinth in uh, Corinth you know like that as workers together with him beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain and I'm encouraging you that same way now you know let's let's join together and, and you know serve the Lord together and, and take as many people as we can with us when we go to heaven something like that um, to be in vain means to do nothing, to quench the spirit, to fail to tell and fail to help others, even in your own family like that. Be concerned about their salvation. Are you sure they're going? Listen to their testimony and help and pray with them and everything. And don't get into arguments and everything. You can't win an argument. But pray with people you know, about their salvation and everything. Like it says here, workers together with him beseech you that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. I'm trying to encourage you, you know, like today, get your family together, listen to this podcast, and, uh, you know, make it a, you know, a point in your life right now that you're going to change, and that's going to be it. Now, since you've listed this far, you must be very concerned about your condition. So I'm going to help you get started serving God in Christ. So you'll have the gifts of salvation, um, before his throne when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you won't be there empty-handed get your husband your wife your sons your daughters or friends to listen in and at the end each of you share if you have received the changed heart if you understand it or not if not then pray together and ask forgiveness of your sins and invite Christ to come into your hearts and create in you the new heart the pure heart and put his spirit in you to make you one of his children that's what he wants to do, see? It, you don't have to, you know, beg him and everything like this. He's, he's knocking on your door of your heart, trying to get in. Ever since you were born, he's been trying to draw you to that point. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. And Jesus says in Matthew 25:41, speaking to the sheep and the goats, the ones that reject him, he says, Depart from ye into the everlasting fiery torment, torment created for the devil and his angels. See? The fiery torment in hell was only created for the devil and his angels. See, no one's predestined to go to hell. No one. Jesus loved everybody with a perfect love. All are, you know, uh, meant to just come into fellowship with him. 
predestination election is talking about the service, and I have several podcasts that show and prove that word for word, and I can show and prove it to anybody in any Bible you want to show me, you know, like yeah, the first 26 versions or something like that. But anyway, it's God's will for you, and he has a special holy calling for you, but it's God's will for you to receive him into your hearts. So you don't have to beg him to and everything. Now, problem is we got to seek him with all our hearts you can't just say well I think I'll try it a while you know I'll, I'll give it a try or something like that no you've got to trust enough because God has revealed himself to you and Romans chapter 1 says we're all without excuse Titus 2 11 the grace of God his word has you know been revealed to all the grace of God that bring us salvation has appeared to all men and the reason anyone goes to hell goes to the lake of fire like Hebrews 4 2 for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them see he brought the word to them but the word preached in them did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it and to mix the word of the gospel God's love to you is to accept and receive say yes Lord please forgive me my sins come into my heart save me I commit my life to you listen to this podcast together with your family first with your family and then you know discuss it pray about it look at some of the other podcasts on salvation election things like this that I have in my you know uh, records and everything first Corinthians twelve thirteen says for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body and that's a body of Christ now each member of your family should have the you know the joy and comfort of knowing that if you die that you're going to be with the Lord and you should have that same comfort if your husband or wife dies that they're going to be with the Lord and to not have to wonder later well they've pretty good thing I've heard people say well ten years ago he pulled out a Bible and said that was one of his favorite books <laughs> that's not a testimony you know of a, a person is gonna get you know saved or something like that you know to, they, they picked up a Bible or something one time you know I actually heard something like that one time. Now, First John 1 9 says, God forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that cleansing now is what was talked about a while ago in Ezekiel. He says, A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you. That's the work of a good description of the work of grace of what happens in us when we humble ourselves and invite him to come in and surrender our hearts and life to him see that's a work of grace Christ in us our hope of glory it says in Colossians 127 the mystery because see the Apostle Paul was talking to people of the Old Testament that didn't understand a changed heart didn't understand that relationship because they didn't get that when they turned to the Lord all they got was forgiveness and a covering of their sin when we turn to the Lord don't ask forgiveness he not only forgives us but then he responds by you know cleansing our heart giving us a new heart creating us a new heart and everything now and it says for by grace are you saved through faith in Ephesians 2 8 for by grace the work of his spirit in our heart are we saved through our faith of accepting we're sinner accepting that Jesus is our answer accepting that we need to humble ourselves invite him in and then see when we do that we're mixing it with faith so we're inviting him to come in to perform that work of grace in us and Romans 5 2 it says here in 
we stand in the grace you know by faith through faith we have access to grace so it's always when we accept God's word through faith you know to us and we receive his words into our heart those words are spirit and life and when those words of spirit and life come into our heart they perform the work of grace as a result of it so righteousness of grace faith we accept God's word into our heart and and that's how we obtain the righteousness of God Christ in us we obtain you know his spirit for salvation in our hearts through our faith accepting and receiving his words uh, just on through there in uh, Romans 8 9 it says now if any man have not the spirit of Christ is none of his see we receive his spirit of Christ in us for salvation by our acceptance inviting him to come in Ephesians 3 17 it says that that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith see Christ the living Word of God only comes into our heart by our faith our asking and receiving him to come in or when God speaks to us at us we just receive whatever it is he speaks to us like someday he may speak to you and you know that he wants you to go down the street and speak to a neighbor you got to make a choice accept or reject if you accept God's words then to go down and speak to that neighbor and help that neighbor you're receiving God's living word Christ into your heart to grace and, and he performs a work of grace in your heart and strengthens you as you go down there then to visit with that neighbor and share with him and you're going by faith that worketh by love because God's word working in you will be going with you working by love or you could say you're performing an act of charity you've received God's word to go do something you've received him into your heart the work of his grace in your heart then you go down there and share it's you and God going together God going with you working in and through you to that person an act of charity so and a true act of charity is the same as saying faith that worketh by love it's just a different way of describing the same thing now Romans 8 9 again the dividing point between a non-christian and a Christian is Romans 8 9 now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ he is none of his so you've got to receive Christ in your heart that's when we become a child of God that instant and it doesn't take weeks and months and everything now if if, if you don't recognize a change right away keep praying and seeking until you do you may be holding back something because the scripture says in Deuteronomy and also in Jeremiah 2913 uh, you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart and since you've never done this before to receive Christ in your heart if you had you'd recognize a changed heart but since you it, it's like unknown you you're not really sure what you're gonna receive or how it's gonna be something like this so if if somehow or another God hasn't revealed it to you after you like get through praying just trust that you prayed and the best you know but keep praying and seeking until you get some confirmation from God that you now are one of his children and I know he'll give you that confirmation because he when when you get your heart told you can't just say Lord uh, you know I'm in this crooked deal now uh, I'd like to receive you as my personal Lord and Savior because I don't want to go to hell but um, I've got to get this crooked deal worked out and you know I got to finish this up and I want to sow some wild oats and stuff like this and then uh, I'll surrender all my heart and life to you see no 
See, you got to be willing now to surrender your heart and life to him. You don't just get fire insurance and then hang on to your sins and then later make him Lord of your life. That's impossible because, see, when you turn with a repentant prayer, that means that you want to turn from sin. You see your sin as, you know, that it hasn't done you any good, that you've corrupted, you know, things, that it's it's worthless for you. It's hurt you. It's hurt others. See, you see your sin as bad, and repentance means you want to turn from that. You don't want to hang on to any of it. If true repentance means you want it gone, you want to turn to the Lord for his love and his son. Then when you turn in repentance from your sin, your separation of your heart from God, and you say, Lord, please forgive me. See, you're, you're praying a prayer asking forgiveness for all those things back there. Not that you want to hang on to them later, you know, something like that. You want forgiveness now, and you want his spirit to come in and take them from you now. And it's got to be that type of prayer, a repentant prayer of turning from your sin, inviting the spirit of Christ to come into your heart, and committing your life to him. That's the only prayer he'll hear and answer. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.